This is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. All right, guys, I've got breaking news for you. And the breaking news is this. The world has ended. The world has absolutely ended, guys. I know the world has ended so many times in 2020 already, too many times to count, actually. But it has really ended now, right? But but not because of the pandemic. No, no, no. Not because of an election. Not because of that either. Not because of systemic racism. It has ended because of a tweet. And now you might be thinking, a tweet? Okay, so this has got to be a tweet from President Trump because, you know, that that's when the world really starts to end and melt is when President Trump tweets something. And it wasn't even that. It was a response to a tweet from, of all things, Vogue magazine. I feel like it is so dumb that I'm having to talk about this, but it has exploded and everyone's weighing in on it. So obviously being that this is a men's podcast made for dudes, uh, this is something that I got to talk about. So on November the 13th, last week, Vogue magazine sent out a tweet pubbing their December cover story featuring Harry Styles. So for some of you guys, you don't know who Harry Styles is. So Harry Styles came to prominence. He was on uh, some, I think it was whatever Simon Cowell's latest thing. I think it was X Factor or something like that over in the UK. He came on there as a 16-year-old saying, you know, it was like, oh, you're all right. But then they brought him back with like four other uh, young guys and they created a boy band called One Direction. Uh, there's like one One Direction song that that even, even recognizable to me. It's just very typical poppy boy band type stuff. But Harry Styles was always kind of like the main guy and the one the girls always liked the most. And he was the one that could actually sing a little bit and all that. So he went off and did his own thing. He's got some solo albums out. Uh, his latest album, I've actually listened to a few songs off of that. They're not bad at all. They're kind of catchy. Uh, he's been in Dunkirk. So some of you might recognize him from uh, his acting work in Dunkirk, but that's basically who Harry Styles is. Okay. But in this tweet where they're introducing their December cover story, there were two pictures that were a part of the tweet and the P- the pictures show Harry Styles wearing lacy women's clothing. Okay. One picture has him in a full length. It's a full length picture actually of him wearing a long flowy frilly dress. And the other one's kind of like this open chested frilly thing. I don't really know exactly what it's supposed to do, but the caption of the tweet from Vogue magazine said this, there's so much joy to be had in playing with clothes. I've never thought too much about what it means. It just becomes this extended part of creating something. Okay. So that is a quote from Harry Styles from the cover story. So there you go. Um, the thing is, is it's kind of an innocuous thing. It's kind of an easy thing to scroll past, especially if you're like me and you follow the people that I do or the things that I do. It may not even register. It may not even come across your feed. The algorithms are not going to feed that to you unless they're trying to feed you outrage. But then enter Candace Owens. Okay, so for those of you who don't know who Candace Owens is, she is a political commentator, a conservative political commentator. If this matters to you, she's obviously a she, and she is a black woman as well. I think she was just hired by the Daily Wire, so I think she was previously with the Blaze, or or uh, she was kind of doing her own thing. I'm not exactly sure. But she is actually the author of a recent book that's a bestseller called How Black American, or how, sorry, what's it called? <laughs> Let's just read it straight from the page here. How Black America can make its second escape from the Democrat plantation. There you go. Got it all out at once. And so the reason why you may have heard her name before is she's one of the founders of the Blexit movement. So those are people that are trying to convince black people that they don't have to vote Democrat. Okay. So she's kind of a firebrand. She has been interviewed on the Joe Rogan experience before. A lot of great stuff was uh, said on that show, but all anyone can focus about was their little interaction about global warming. But anyway, you can check that out on, on your own. But the very next day after the original Vogue article, Uh, or the Vogue tweet was put out. She quote tweeted the article and then she wrote this. There is no society that can survive without strong men. The East knows this. 
In the West, the steady feminization of our men at the same time that Marxism is being taught to our children is not a coincidence. It's an outright attack. Bring back manly men. Now, I saw this tweet the day that it was tweeted, and I was like, yeah, totally agree with that. Boom. Gave it a favorite. And then I moved on. Right, I just kind of moved on. It's like, okay, there there are a lot of things to be outraged about. Yes, it was ridiculous that Harry Styles was walking around in a dress for a Vogue shoot, all the different things, but I've got other things to worry about. I got a six-month-old I got to take care of. And her tweet was kind of a slow burn. It took a couple of days, but then it exploded. Uh, and then I think whenever I opened up my laptop on Monday morning, she was trending on Twitter, which anytime Candace Owens trends on Twitter, it's because she's made somebody mad, but I just couldn't fathom that it was actually because of this. So her quote tweet of the original tweet got, uh, and I think it's around a hundred thousand likes at this point. Uh, but not everyone liked it. As you can probably imagine, there was immediate backlash. Uh, the actress, Olivia Wilde, who is, um, I'm not exactly sure who she is, but you know, she's supposedly well-known. She's blue check mark on Twitter. Uh, she has the most liked response and her response was you're pathetic like that was literally all that she wrote and it got over 100,000 likes on its own but the thing about it was that Candace Owens didn't really back down from this if you know anything about Candace Owens or if you've been watching for her for any length of time she doesn't really back away from controversy she kind of like weighs into it and so she doubled down on Monday following all the attention seeing that she was finally or not finally but seeing that she was trending and all the things and then she tweeted this Since I'm trending, I'd like to clarify what I meant when I said, bring back manly men. I meant, bring back manly men. Terms like toxic masculinity were created by toxic females. Real women don't fake feminism. Sorry, I'm not sorry. So obviously she doubled down on it. I think some other, uh, you know, big conservative commentators came in and commented on the thing. But we're going to break this down on today's episode because there are some important things that are coming out of this, okay? And sometimes you can read too much into something. Sometimes things are innocent. Sometimes they are nefarious. So we're going to get into that a little bit here today. But before we really get there, let's actually get into what the actual cover story from Vogue. Okay, so the thing is, is we, we need to kind of look at what this is actually going for, because before we get too much in the commentary on this, I just have to be honest about what this is. This was meant to be provocative because duh, Vogue got exactly what they wanted out of this deal. They got eyeballs. They got attention. They got exactly what they wanted. I mean, just think about it, guys. When was the last time any of you listening to this right now read a Vogue article? Like. When's the last time you picked up Vogue while you're sitting in line at Walmart and you just thumbed through it real quick, right? I mean, have any of you paid attention to anything that Vogue has ever tweeted? They've probably tweeted tens of thousands of times. I don't, I don't recall ever responding or, you know, even thinking about a Vogue tweet. Okay. So they, they got exactly what they wanted out of this deal. Okay. But the, the thing about it is, is everyone kind of gets what they want. Everyone gets what they want. Progressives get to show people how progressive and artistic they are by sharing and liking this and, you know, by being outraged at gender stereotypes. And then conservative people like me get, you know, that are generally concerned with the feminization of society, we get to be outraged and, you know, everybody gets a little bit, everybody gets their win. But the thing is, I actually read the cover story. Okay, because I didn't want to just look at the pictures because I thought, you know, maybe there was something else. Maybe there was something else that was being communicated. And I read it. I read it, you know, all the way through. Most of it was dramatically overwritten. 
you know, it was, you know, very artistic. It was kind of swill at a lot of points. Like, again, it just, it was very flowery, poetic language. And that's just not something I'm, I'm really into. And all throughout the cover story uh, for the link that I'll provide for you later so you can look at it for yourself. He's not just wearing women's clothes in some of those. In a lot of the pictures, he's wearing men's clothes. But the thing about it is, is he looks ridiculous, <laughs> even in the men's clothes that he's wearing. He looks absolutely ridiculous. Again, this is one of those high fashion things where it's like, no one really understands it. Even the people that put the, the stuff together, they just got a bunch of fabric and they threw it on a wall and they started making things combined. And then they got, you know, a famous good looking guy to throw the clothes on to make a statement or something like that. But again, the, 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 the cover story was ridiculous. The, the pictures were ridiculous. And to a certain degree, some of the commentary about it that's come out is ridiculous, but there were three quotes actually that I wanted to kind of bring to your attention to kind of tell you and give you a better idea as to what's trying to be communicated here. Because Vogue is not doing this by accident. Obviously, they, they wanted to get publicity by having Harry Styles dress up in a dress. If they got me to dress up in a dress, nobody would really care. But it's Harry Styles. It's a big deal. He's a big, you know, famous dude, right? But there are three different quotes, and I'll read them in the order that they showed up in the article. So here's the first quote here. It's a short one. As a kid, I definitely liked fancy dress, Styles said. There were school plays, the first of which cast him as Barney, a church mouse. I was really young and I wore tights for that, he recalls. I remember it was crazy to me that I was wearing a pair of tights and that was maybe where it all kicked off. Okay, so you can maybe see how this is going. That's the first quote here, but let's get into the second one. It's a little bit longer. Now, Harry Styles declares that you can never be overdressed. There's no such thing. The people that I looked up to in music, Prince and David Bowie and Elvis and Freddie Mercury and Elton John, they're such showmen. As a kid, it was completely mind-blowing. Now I'll put on something that feels really flamboyant and I don't feel crazy wearing it. I think if you get something that you feel amazing in, it's like a superhero outfit. Clothes are there to have fun with and experiment with and play with. What's really exciting is that all these lines are just kind of crumbling away. When you take away, there's clothes for men and there's clothes for women. Once you remove any barriers, obviously you open up the arena in which you can play. I'll go to shops sometimes and I just find myself looking at the women's clothes thinking they're amazing. It's like anything. Anytime you're putting barriers up in your own life, you're just limiting yourself. There's so much joy to be had in playing with clothes. I've never really thought too much about what it means. It just becomes an extended part of creating something. Okay. And then we've got one that's a little bit later. This is the final quote I'll bring to you. He's really in touch with his feminine side because it's something natural, notes Michelle, and that's the stylist of the shoot. And he's such a big inspiration to a younger generation about how you can be in a totally free playground when you feel comfortable. I think that he's a revolutionary. Okay. So first I'll kind of give you some of my general commentary and then we'll kind of get into some of the things that have been said here. Uh, the general commentary is that, you know, Harry Styles doesn't really care one bit about anybody, anybody's commentary about what he wore. Okay. He doesn't care that Candace Owen said something about it. He doesn't care that, you know, Ben Shapiro said something about it. He doesn't care that I said something about it. He doesn't care. This guy is worth a ridiculous amount of money. He's, you know, a sex symbol. You know, he's an artist. He, he gets to do what he wants for a living. He's, he's still in his 20s. Like, this guy doesn't really care. He's not really concerned about the outrage. So I'm not really concerned, you know, about, you know, potentially offending him and neither should you be. I, I want to look at this and how this applies to us and also to the young men in our life. And the next thing is Vogue is known for being provocative. Okay. This shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. Certainly shouldn't be a surprise to you. So those are just the general things. Harry Styles doesn't care. And Vogue is known for being provocative. No one should be surprised by that. But there are several reasons why this article, you know, this cover story, Candace Owens' commentary, the, the reaction from people that liked it and didn't like it. There's a lot of reasons why this is important. 
The first reason I want to go over is that artists push boundaries, okay? But they also move public opinion. All right. So if we go back to episode 103 of this podcast, I talked about GQ's new masculinity issue. Okay. So that was featuring Pharrell and they kind of did the same thing. Take a famous, you know, musical artist and dress them up, you know, cross dress them, right? You know, there's pictures of David Bowie doing that and Iggy Pop and Kurt Cobain and all that. But at, at the same time, this is something that's been going on for, uh, for a while because no one, if you've ever watched like fashion week or watched any of the, the red carpet shows or any of the, the, the New York Met Gala or whatever those things are. And you see what these people wear. No one wears that like in public, like, like real public, not normal people, right? That that's not normal things that you would see on the street, you know, walking down uh, the road in your rural city or your suburban city or your urban city. No, no one ever sees people that are wearing stuff like that. But bell bottoms were a ridiculous thing until they weren't right. Baggy shirts were a ridiculous thing until they weren't right. Fa- facial tattoos were a ridiculous thing until they, well, th- those are probably still ridiculous, but you, you kind of get the point that I'm making here. But a lot of things in terms of worldview changes, they're being smuggled in with artists. That's why you see a lot of, you know, conservative political commentators, they kind of dismiss when, you know, leftist uh, celebrities and, and actors and actresses kind of get behind a political candidate. It's like, oh, that doesn't matter. What do these people know? But most people aren't that nuanced. They see Robert De Niro telling them who to vote for. They see Jennifer Aniston who to, telling them who to vote for. They see LeBron James telling them who to vote for. That's all they need. Some people are legitimately morons. They, they, don't, they don't care about the actual issues. They don't care about a nuanced opinion on the issues. They care about what their favorite actor or actress or, or ball player thinks about it, right? Artists are the same way, whether musical artists, singers or painters or whatever. A lot of times there's going to be things that are communicated that you just don't understand. Like, again, no one's going to be wearing the things that he wore in the Vogue, uh, the Vogue cover shoot. Like no one's actually going to be wearing those things, but it's what's being commented on and what is being propagated message wise. The thing that's underlying that. Okay. So that, that's one thing that's important to consider. The next thing that's important for us to consider is that progressives, right? So, so take that to me, whatever you mean, but the way I mean it are people that consider themselves to be politically progressive, socially progressive. So progressives, right? They try to normalize crazy stuff and then they get mad at conservatives for noticing. Okay. So I'm certainly not the first person to point something like this out, but you have a lot of people that try to make these statements, right? So Vogue was not just trying to neutrally put out this, these pictures of this incredibly famous male wearing dresses. Uh, They, they didn't think it was neutral. That's why they led with the two pictures from this of him wearing women's clothing. The overwhelming majority of the pictures in the cover story are him wearing ridiculous looking men's clothing. And there's some where he's kind of wearing kilt looking things. And then there's ones where he's just straight up wearing like frilly women's dresses. Right. But they obviously didn't think it was normal because they would have led with other pictures. And then this outrage would have never occurred. But the thing that is so interesting about people that are on that side of things is when you notice and say, "Mm, I don't really like that. It's like, well, why are you even paying attention? Why is it so important to you to crush everyone else's dreams and creativity and art? Well, you know, uh, art's just in the eye of the beholder. It's like, whoa, whoa. I just said that dude looked dumb wearing a dress and I don't think he should be wearing it, right? It's just an interesting phenomenon that these people that try so hard to get everyone's attention, they get so mad when they get our attention. I find that incredibly, incredibly funny. The next thing that's important for us to talk about This is a little bit of a mouthful, but whenever I jotted it down, it's like, okay, this makes sense. I may have to say it twice, but only in a society that was forged by strong men 
can you get weak men complaining that some people think that men wearing dresses is wrong? Let me say it again. Only in a society that was forged by strong men can you get weak men complaining that some people think men wearing dresses is wrong. Because again, uh, Harry Styles is an English guy, and I think this photo shoot actually took place in England, but he doesn't get to even do such a thing without the sacrifices and strength of strong men. Like, again, I feel like so many through points and so many points go back to World War II when a bunch of American men and English men, they stood up against tyranny and defied the odds and defied evil and defeated Hitler and the rest of the German army, the Nazi army, right? So they literally, I know people kind of say this tongue in cheek, they could be speaking German in England right now. They could be speaking German all over the United Kingdom, all over Europe, frankly, if not for the sacrifice of strong men. And now we're being lectured to, if not through art, but by actual words, by these individuals, and they're trying to tell us what manhood actually is. They're trying to tell us what strength is. They're trying to redefine what masculinity and femininity is. But the thing that's so interesting is they never try to make it to where the women can be more masculine. That's not really something that's mainstream. It's always the other way. Isn't that interesting? The society is pushing us leftward and it's pushing us to where we're feminizing men. That's why I thought the point that was being made by Candace Owens was absolutely spot on. And we'll get more into that here in just a second. And we'll really get into it because she mentioned Marxism. And that's kind of the next thing that I want to talk about is Karl Marx, if he was alive today, which I'm glad he isn't, he would be ecstatic about the Vogue cover story, ecstatic about it. He would love it. And he would also love the pushback that people like Candace Owens and me, ha- you know, are doing, right? He, he would love the pushback because again, Karl Marx was somebody that wants to disintegrate society, right? He thinks that society, especially Western society, capitalism, that those things are evil and that the system needs to be torn out from the roots. Okay. It's not something that is salvageable. You can't adjust it. You need to destroy it. Again, I read the Communist Manifesto this summer, and if you haven't read that, it's free anywhere, right? Actually, I think it'd be really funny. I actually think you should pay money to read the Communist Manifesto because that just like goes right against uh, most of what Karl's, Karl Marx believed in in terms of like a free market and being able to purchase things. But I read it, and again, there are some things inside of it that actually seemingly make sense until you read everything and get the full context. And we have. Marxist ideology that is being taught to our young children in school. And if they, they miss it, you know, in K through 12, they're going to get it in college. They're going to run into one, if not several dozens of Marxist professors that are going to be giving them this ideology, giving them this worldview, this utopian worldview where the proletariat is being, you know, stomped out by the bourgeoisie. And, and the only way to rip this out is to rip it out systemically. So this is where we get postmodernism. This is where we get communism. This is where we get, you know, first, second wave feminism. This is where we get all these isms that are really doing a, and they have an incredibly deleterious effect on our society as, as it comes right now. So Karl Marx, he's just super excited. He's just spinning around in circles in his grave. The next important thing to point out about this is the point is not that masculinity is under attack because that's what some people think the point is. That's not actually the point. It's actually that we are getting so used to masculinity being under attack. Like, I remember the first few times people uh, 
you know, accused me or accused any of my friends of the things that we did as toxic masculinity and it being like, Oh, what, what do you mean? Like, let's fight about it. Let's figure this out. But it's just kind of old hat now. Like everything is toxic masculinity, right? Anything that you don't like is toxic masculinity. It's a patriarchy, right? I just honestly don't think that this controversy has anything really to do with what we culturally consider as masculine or feminine. I think it has to do with manliness in general. Because one of the interesting things that uh, people posted in response to Candace Owens is they posted her, you know, they responded to her tweet with her in pictures where she was wearing a suit, like a business suit. And they're like, oh yeah, well, you're wearing a men's suit, even though it's clearly a woman's suit. But they're like, oh, look at this. And then they also posted pictures of other music stars that have, you know, cross-dressed before. But then other people were posting like, well, remember back in the day whenever Scots wore kilts, even when they were at war? And you remember way back in the day when, you know, in 16th century England, all the men wore frilly dresses and things like that? But, but that's not the point. Because in all of those different circumstances that I just described, you know, old-timey Scotland or England or France or any of those types of situations, there were always differences between what the men and women wore. And it was easily definable that the men wore stuff that kind of looked like this and the women wore stuff that kind of looked like that. There was no confusion as to what each gender would wear, okay? And then you got these people that are like, well, in certain cultures, uh, even in modern day, uh, you got these people that, uh, you know, are supposed to be feminine, but uh, they're actually masculine and it's actually different than what people are showing in America. Uh, But no, that's not the point. The point isn't cultural norms about masculinity or femininity. Because at a certain point, masculinity and femininity is biological. It's it's just biology at one point. You know, yes, there are men that are more masculine than other men. There are women that are more feminine than other men or other women, but that's not really the point. The thing that's under attack is masculinity in general. And I think this relates to the last point, which is if you are planning to tear down the system to where the government is in control of everything, You can't have a whole lot of strong men around. You need a bunch of pussies. You need a bunch of pushovers. You need a bunch of feminized men. You need a bunch of men that have been convinced that their aggression and their competitiveness and their testosterone is a bad thing. A bad thing. You need school teachers that get these little boys that have all this energy to just sit quietly in rows as they talk at them for eight hours a day. And they get one little reprieve when they go to lunch and when they go out to recess. That's what you need. You need these robotic, dad bod, fat dudes covered in Cheeto dust with no aspects of their personality that would lead you to believe that they have any fight in them whatsoever. They, they have no ability to defend themselves or the people around them. That's what you need. You need a bunch of beta males. And now you actually have men that will look at this Vogue article or things similar to it and think, oh, well, you know, maybe this isn't that big of a deal. Maybe a man can wear dresses and and wear makeup and, and maybe it's not that big of a deal. When at the end of the day, he is suiciding his own masculinity. This isn't about cultural norms. It's just not. It goes way, way deeper than that. And here's the reality when we're talking about this, guys, this, this overall cultural decrease in masculinity. The most important thing for us to maybe remember or think about in all of this is that the decrease in masculinity will hurt women and children more than it'll actually hurt men. Because as we've seen, if you've read any history book that had violence in it, 
that when there's no society undergirding men in general, that the biological underpinnings and foundations for men, that competitiveness, that, that testosterone, the violence, all of those things, when it goes unchecked by society or unchecked by some sort of Judeo-Christian worldview or something like that, things go really, really poorly for a lot of people, but especially for people that are weak. And yes, I'm talking about in general women and in general children, people that are physically weaker and less dominant than most males. That's exactly what I'm talking about. But it even goes deeper than just the basic, okay, can a man beat up a woman and beat up a child? It goes deeper than that. Let's talk about fatherlessness. You know, this is an epidemic of all cultures, of all races, right? I mean, if we look at like kind of pre-1960s America, I think there were 3% of white children were, grew up in a house uh, without dad. Now it's like 30%. You know, now we have blacks, up to 70% of black children are living in a house without dad, 50% of Hispanic children. This is across cultures, guys. We, we see this fatherlessness everywhere because one of the things that we see is that when a man is being a man, he's responsible. And when he's responsible, he takes care of his kids, regardless of if he likes the mom or not, regardless of if they've got the suburban white picket fence existence that we're supposed to all be shooting for. The men are going to take care of their own. They're going to do what it takes to take care of the household, even if they're not there, even if they've chosen to, to not be a part of that life, they're going to be there to, to, to do something to increase the, the bounty for their children. So when you see this tremendous decrease in masculinity, that has a lot of impacts on society. And, you know, we've talked about this before, and that's not what this podcast is about, but in the United States, there's been an incentivization for a lot of these men to not be there. They're incentivizing women to be single mothers. To where, you know, dad's not dad, but U.S. government is daddy. So with these people that are rooting for the, the destruction of toxic masculinity, when you destroy toxic masculinity, because there certainly is that, you're also destroying masculinity in general. And we need that. Again, hard times make strong men. Strong men make good times. Good times make weak men. Weak men make hard times. That's where we're at right now. We're towards the end of that spectrum. We've got a lot of weak men that are about to create some really hard times for us. And a lot of you dudes out there, you're not fully prepared. You're not prepared for what that has, has in store for you. You're just not. Another couple of points here. The demasculinization of men doesn't start when they're adults. It starts when they're children. So I've already talked about this in terms of schooling. You know, let's just keep the kids, especially the boys, just kind of tamp them down. You know, let's, you know, school, most K through 12 school, most public education is built for girls and boys that behave. It's not built for highly rambunctious boys. They don't learn well. That's why a lot of boys fall behind early and girls excel early. There's a lot to discuss around that, but we'll discuss those at a later date because, you know, frankly, as my son gets closer to school age, there's going to be a lot of fights I'm going to have with a lot of administrators that are probably going to go nowhere. But, you know, those are fights that I can have a little bit later. But the other thing that we have to think about is, guys, you may not be on Twitter, okay? You, you may not have clicked on the link and read through this article, but your teenage son might have. Maybe he's a fan of Harry Styles. Maybe the girl he likes likes Harry Styles. And he, and he saw Harry Styles was trending and he, he kind of clicked on the story. And that's the message that he's getting from society is that this is what a man does. A man isn't bound by silly things like gender stereotypes. A man's not going to avoid an entire section of the store because it says women across the top. 
You know, a, a real artist is not going to sully themselves by only wearing the clothes that are deemed by society as masculine. So the thing I would ask you guys that have sons or have boys in your life that you have influence over is who's communicating to them what men should do. Because a lot of boys are just going to watch. I was just telling somebody on the phone today that, you know, my dad never told me to give a good handshake. You know, my dad never told me, hey, hold the door for a lady. I just saw him do it over and over and over again. So I just got it. It's like, oh, that's what men do. Like, I remember this story. Like, I'll remember the story until the day that I die. Our family's eating at Golden Corral, right? Which is for those of you that are, uh, you know, well-adjusted people or don't live in this country. It is a buffet that has everything on it. And they ring a bell when the, the hot buns come out of the oven. And then you see just droves of fat people waddling over there to get these buttery hot buns. Okay. So it's that place, but I love it at the same time. So we're sitting there as kids. I'm probably eight years old, maybe nine years old. And we're sitting there eating dinner. And there's like two or three steps to kind of go from, you know, the buffet area up to the main area where all the seating is, right? And this woman trips or her knee gives out or something and she just whap splats on the ground, right? And, you know, her food goes everywhere. And guys, I just got to tell you, my dad was out of his chair before her mashed potatoes hit the ground. And he was running over there and he was helping her up and he was getting her cleaned up and he was helping the busboy get everything taken care of. He just, boom, didn't even think about it, just responded. And so for me, I learned a lot about what a man is to be, not because my dad conversated with me, just because of the things that he showed me. But I say that, and I use that example to say this, that some of the things that the boys and men in your life need to learn, they need to learn from your mouth. They need to learn from you actually telling them and conversating with them. I think it was, um, if I remember correctly, it was Stephen Mansfield. I think he was on this, uh, I think it was him that said this in his interview that we did on the podcast earlier on this summer, where he was talking about the things that he learned from his dad. He learned by watching. He didn't learn a whole lot by, you know, listening and conversating. But some of you guys need to have some conversations. Maybe this is a teaching moment for you. Get on the off- offensive here. S- sit down your little eight-year-old son and say, hey, do you know who Harry Styles is? Or do you know who this band is or whatever? Hey, I just want to show you, um, you know, this, this shoot that he did. And I show you one of the stuff that he's, that he's wearing. You know, what do you think about this? And just kind of see what he says, because you might get an insight into what's being taught to him at the public school that he goes to or something like that. But it, it kind of gives you fodder for a good conversation about what a man is and what a man isn't. Because some people are looking at this like, what's the big deal? It's an artist wearing a dress. But that's not what Vogue is trying to communicate. That's not what GQ is trying to commun- communicate with Pharrell. The communication is clear. Masculinity is bad in all forms. And so the only way for us to have masculinity now is if we redefine it and expand it to where basically it's not masculinity and femininity separate. It's them together. Okay. And the, the last thing that I want to kind of go over here is like, we just need to be clear. Okay. The demasculinization of men is very much so a Western phenomenon. It's a Western trend, but it is not a worldwide trend. So if we even go back to the response that Candace Owens had, she says, you know, here, let me just go back and actually read it so that I uh, don't misquote it because I thought, I thought that it was absolutely excellent. She said this, there is no society that can survive without strong men. The East knows this. In the West, the steady feminization of our men at the same time that Marxism is being taught to our children is not a coincidence. It's an outright attack. Bring back manly men. So the thing that's so interesting is in the Western world, which again has been 
forged by the sacrifices of lots and lots of very masculine, traditionally masculine men, is now being attacked from the inside by its own people. Okay? Because for most of us in the West, we don't have an enemy that we're fighting right now. You know, a lot's been made post-election with, you know, the unity calls by Joe Biden and all that. And a lot of people are like, man, can we go back to, you know, September 12th of 2001 when everybody was an American, you know, black, white, Republican, Democrat, gay, straight. Like we were all just Americans and, you know, we had this common enemy, right? You know, uh, you know, Al-Qaeda or the Taliban or, you know, just fundamentalist Islam, like we had something that we were fighting against, but we're just not there anymore. We're so disjointed from our military and the, the fights going on overseas. And we barely have an opinion on a lot of those issues. But where we're at now is as a Western society is there's a decay. There's a moral decay. There's a foundational decay for, for some of the things that, you know, we were founded on, but this is not a trend everywhere. They're not demasculating the men in China. They're not demasculating the men in India. They're, they're really not demasculating the men anywhere other than the West. And the thing about it is if you look at the writings of people like Karl Marx, this is exactly what they want to do. But you might also say, well, isn't you know, China a communist country and isn't Karl Marx an influencer of communism? Didn't he write the book on it? Why aren't they doing that? Because the Chinese government is actually communist in that they don't actually want to be the ones to tear down the system. They want to run this system. And they can't run the system with a bunch of... They can't fight a war against the strength of Western countries, if it ever comes to that, which a bunch of weenie guys running around. They can't do that. And so the thing for us to be looking at is, again, to a certain degree, we need to be worried about the United States. We need to be worried about the community that we live in, the state that we live in. But we also have to be worried about the world, to a degree. Not worried about it in the sense of, you know, it's going to keep us up at night because guys, we know the score, God wins, you know, there's going to be new heavens and new earth. Like we're going to be a part of that. Um, you know, so there, there's not really a whole lot to worry about, but societally, as we raise our children, as, as we develop as men ourselves, we have to be looking at these trends and we're not getting the same things in the same areas across the, across the world. We're just not. So it's something to really think about. And so to, to kind of put a bow on this for everybody, this is a bigger deal than ever than it would seem at first blush, no pun intended. This, this is a, a bigger thing. So to most people, it's not going to be a big deal, right? Even people that agree with me in general are be like, ah, is this really the thing? Was this really worth talking about for 30 minutes? And the reason is, is yes. And it's, I'm all the more sensitive to it now because I have my son. And I'm just thinking about like, again, the, the idea 10 years ago that a kindergarten teacher might be asking your kid what gender they feel like that day seemed crazy. Like that, that was closer to science fiction than it was to actual fact, to actual real life. But we're living in that world now where gender confusion is the norm, where some dummy that barely made it through to get their teaching degree or, or whatever certificate they needed to teach your kid how to do basic arithmetic, they're also going to be giving them worldview lessons. And there's a lot of school districts where the sexual education and the other educational stuff, they're not even going to give the parents the opportunity to opt out. They're just going to teach it and assume that you're not going to create a fuss. So guys, there are some hills that, are, that I'm willing to die on. And I'm, I feel like I'm preparing myself and my soul for four and a half years from now when my son enters into whatever school system we're going to end up you know, letting him go to. And I'm ready for these cultural fights because they mean something. 
because I will do everything in my power to make sure that James Kyle Thompson is a manly, masculine man. That he's a well-balanced, well-developed, tender warrior. And the only way that we can do that is to be on the front lines, is to understand the trends. Because the trends that we're seeing, they point to the enemy that we're fighting. And the enemy that we're fighting is only getting stronger and only getting louder and only getting more common and more accepted in modern society. You're going to maybe have to be the dad that stands up at a PTA meeting at some point and says, oh, hey, by the way, we shouldn't be letting our kids read books like this. Hey, our, our teachers shouldn't be doing curriculum on transgenderism because they're not explaining it in a way that explains what it is, which is a mental disorder, that someone has gender dysphoria. Like, I don't think these are things that we should be implanting in the brains of a nine-year-old. So guys, we got to be ready for that fight. And I'm going to do everything I can to prepare my family and also to prepare you for the same fight. All right, guys, before we let you go, we are going to do a quick resilience boost. As you know, by now, we are a men's ministry and our mission is cultivating manly resilience. Specifically, we do that by helping provide content like this podcast. It helps you forge spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. So for today, I have the original tweet from Candace Owens, so you can check that out there. I've got the Vogue article. I would absolutely encourage you to click on that, read through it to see if I'm absolutely off my rocker. And then I was just reminded of this great video by Allie Beth Stuckey uh, called Make Men Masculine Again. It was a video that she recorded for PragerU. I think back in 2019, this girl is, is amazing. Her, she is spot on in this little five minute video. It's definitely a good listen for you and a good watch for your kids as well. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. I really do appreciate it. If you would, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher, and refer your friends to listen and share this on social media. Guys, if we deserve a five-star review, please leave us five stars in a few sentences letting us know why you like the content. Also, I'm booking speaking engagements for the entirety of 2021 at this point. So if you want me to come speak on your podcast, at your men's event, at your team, just hit me up, info at undaunted.life. That's I-N-F-O at undaunted.life. The website is www.undaunted.life. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at undauntedlife or facebook.com backslash undauntedlife. Check out our free devotionals on the YouVersion Bible app. Just search Undaunted Life under plans. And as always, we want to thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their entire music library for our content. The intro outro track on this podcast is their song Defender, which is off their latest record entitled Guardians. The links are in the description. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Remember, keep cultivating manly resilience, Keep forging spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. Keep seeking the Lion of Judah. Right.